Hello, everyone. Hello. Come on into the room. I want you guys to get tap in with Meet the Shoe podcast. And I am Shade. I'm Nina. And we have the lovely Nashana from Journey Program. And she's going to talk about her journey and why she started the nonprofit program. And I mean, I've been watching her for a long time, guys. And the program, she's been helping a lot of young teenage girls through through the hurts and pains of things they've been going through in their lives and she's trying to help them correct that and to become better women you know what i'm saying we all need some type of mentor i don't care what phase in life we're at young adolescent adult we all need a mentor somebody to guide us on our path and keep us on a straight path here and there now and then every now and then so here's the lovely Nashana. Introduce you. Well, I already introduced you. So just tell them what you got going on, girl. Hi, everybody. My name is Nashana Johnson Lenore, and I'm the founding director of the program that is based out of Rochester, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We're a fiscally sponsored organization. We're fiscally sponsored by Diversity Council of Rochester. Okay. And, um, we just celebrated our 10 years of service celebration. Wow. Yes, that was, it's been a journey for sure, um, but it's it's been amazing being able to work and serve the youth here in the Rochester area. Um, the Journey Program serves youth ages 13 through 18. Mm-hmm. We do as we teach a um, life skills program called Eight Steps to Promotion. Mm-hmm. Eight Steps to Promotion um, is a, a life skills workshop that I designed and I designed it based off of my experiences growing up in foster care. So all of the different milestones that I had to face, the barriers, the hardships, I took and compiled it into a workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll quickly just go over what that workshop is. So A Steps to Promotion um, is a life skills program with eight different workshops. We meet twice a week for eight weeks um, for approximately like two hours, um, twice a week for eight weeks. And the first workshop is getting to know me. And I think that that workshop is really important because it teaches young girls the importance of self-love, self-acknowledgement, loving yourself and creating a foundation, like a base to who you wanna be when you get older. And then we've got relations and relationships where we teach young people the importance of um, identifying healthy and unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. uh, as well as practicing safe sex mm-hmm. so that's basically relations um we also teach a workshop called um coping skills where we teach young people how to cope in different environments with different people money management the importance of education mm-hmm. uh, law and legal rights how to interact with the police um what is your rights as a u.s citizen Mm. we also teach you know why it's important to love yourself and be who you are most importantly and one of the biggest things about the journey program um, i really love is being your authentic self and bringing your authentic self to the table um so we teach a lot of that plus um uh, we connect our youth with mentors and a lot of what we do at journey is disrupting a system so um we're preventing pregnancies um we're preventing pregnancies 
we're going in debt about STDs, HIV, what all that looks like. We're teaching the value of a dollar. We're talking about credit. We're talking about building fina um, financial stability and generational stability, generational wealth, entrepreneurship. Um, we're talking about why it's important to have an education. We're not just sending our babies to school. We're explaining to them why you need to be there. Right. Um, and how that impacts you. And each one of our workshops is based off, we speak based off three different aspects, home, school, and through leisure, work and leisure. Leisure meaning like if you're on a sports team, okay. um, why is it important to respect yourself and respect others at home, your mm -hmm. mother, your siblings? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. As well as um, what does respect look like at school with your teacher or your peers? What does it look like? Not just what you should be displaying, but also what you should expect from others. And we teach young people as to identify um, healthy relationships versus an unhealthy relationship because you can get a boyfriend and you don't know how, for example, um, this blue face and uh, Krishan situation. Oh, yes. uh, how do you identify with whether or not this is a healthy relationship for you? You know, and when you're so young, you don't know what love really is. So right. if we're taught at home and you saw your mama be a certain type of way, you know, this is not for everybody, but I'm just mm -hmm. using it for example. Um, if your mom was being treated a certain type of way, you automatically assume that's what love is. Right. Wow, and then that's what you're gonna accept because that's all you know. Nobody ever taught you anything different. So we're teaching young women how to identify with the unhealthy relationship when it comes to your boyfriend or a guy when it comes to a woman. Same thing, vice versa. Um, so identifying with healthy and unhealthy relationships. And the reason why I put identifying with healthy and unhealthy relationships is because growing up in foster care, I was molested as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I was not being treated properly by my foster parents. Um, I had a manager when I was a teenager in high school working at Wendy's who threatened to reduce my hours at work if I didn't do certain things, you know. And wow. so being able to teach young people how to identify with, okay, that's not okay. And what is the next thing? What's the next step? You know, when you identify that somebody has done something to you inappropriate or you have a relationship with somebody like your teacher that is an inappropriate relationship and there's inappropriate behavior happening, what is the next steps and who do you have that's going to advocate for you through mm -hmm. the process? And so with the Journey Program, our youth um, and their guardians and their parents, or sometimes it's social workers or it's uh, probation officers, depending on their individual situations, um, they sign like releases of information. So our organization is able to speak on behalf of the student. And so we act as an advocate for the student as well as the family. And over the years, we've become one of the primary resource hubs for the black community here in Rochester, as well as young African-American students. Yes, sir. So how, how would a child get in your program? Are they referred or... Um, their parents can just come to you and ask to, for them to be a part or? So in the past, um, when we first started the, the program, I was running program at different places like the Boys and Girls Club, and after school programs through the middle schools and high schools. It was just all voluntary work. And mm -hmm. then we um, build our program to 
the point where we can start taking applications and just start inviting youth. And so youth start coming to our program via word of mouth. Like right. we didn't even have to, like we haven't even put out applications or say that we're getting ready to start a new workshop. We just had kids that were just coming out of nowhere, you know, one workshop will end and we already had a group of kids that would be hanging around or either an older sister who had a little that was in workshop that's like, oh, I, I want in on the next shot. When's the next workshop? And then we'd be like making a list and then we have a waiting list where we're calling people so didn't even get a chance to like um, make a new application, do a new application process because we already had students. And um, in 2020, the YMCA shut down during the pandemic and we lost our home. So we had so long for us to find a home. And so we had the YMCA bus in. Okay. All the kids was there every single day. Um, but it was a safe space for them to be able to express themselves. Uh, a lot of the students would come to workshop and then they leave workshop and then they participate in other activities that was at the YMCA, like basketball, majority mm -hmm. for boys. Um, there was workout rooms um, for the kids to work out. There was dance studios in there for them to dance, and they have several different classes. They gave out like free food, mm -hmm. and the kids hang out with one another and their peers and stuff. So it was a great space. Uh, we were very productive and growing. And so ever since we've lost our place, we've kind of been one line. Mm -hmm. And I have been taken in uh, some students case by case through a referral basis through Olmstead County. So okay. I've been working and doing some individual uh, mentorship with particular uh, kids through referral. Mm -hmm. So in January, we're going to be starting back our workshop and it's going to be by referral only, referral based only. Okay. So their students have to be referred by their parent or guardian, mm -hmm. by a uh, um, school uh, leadership school, okay. whether it be like a social worker, a counselor, therapist, something like that, um, or a county worker, social worker, probation officer. So we only accept students by referral. So how many advocates are there, just you, or how many other staff members do you have? So um, I am proud to announce that I'm no longer running the Journey program by myself, which I've done for so years, of course, with the help of some volunteers. But now I currently have a staff of five, including myself. There are six of us, um, oh. IT manager. Uh, I have a assistant program coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, I have a membership coordinator. Mm -hmm. I have an assistant and I have a social media coordinator. Awesome. awesome. And how old are you taking in? What's the age limit? 13 through 18. 13. Okay. And what if somebody identifies as a girl? Will you accept, you know, them into your program? Like somebody we, that's transgender. Yeah, we offer services for boys and girls. Oh, um, awesome. Um, we are a strong advocate for the LGBTQ plus community as well. Awesome. So we refer to youth by their um, preferred name. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, at least 50%. And I'd say the past couple of workshops, at least 50% of our students in our workshop were uh, part of the LGBTQ plus community. Okay, okay. And what's the difference in working with um the two? Like, you know, how does the kids um respect each other as far as like you know, you know, accept 
um, whatever anyone's preference is. How does that work? So Journey is a really safe space for mm -hmm. students. Some students have come out in our workshops. Okay. And I set the tone. You know, you have to set the tone for what you got going on when you're working with these kids. Yeah. I set the tone from day one, and that's where we get to know each other. So the first workshop is called Getting to Know Me. So okay. in that workshop, I'll get to know each other. That's why it all comes out. And right. I emphasize, I, I put big emphasis on being your true authentic self. And we do this by playing this game called 50 Facts. Okay. And facts, we... Um, I put two minutes on the clock because I asked them, you know, a variety of questions where I, I asked you. So I'll, I'll, I'll do it briefly with you guys right now. But we're actually going to be doing a real live workshop okay. on our platform for one week straight. It's our gift to the community to do a public workshop for everyone on live um, for Christmas, the week before Christmas. Um, and it's kind of therapeutic. So, um I'll ask you guys. A so, mm -hmm. Shade, I'll ask you first. Okay. So, tell me something about Kim Kardashian. Anything? Anything? That she's a mother <laughs> for. Oh, tell me one more thing. That she was married to Kanye West. <laughs> she's, okay. an she's an advocate. Okay. An advocate. Nina, Nina, tell me something about. Kanye West. He's from Chicago. <laughs> he ran for president. Right. <laughs> yes. He's running for president. Mm -hmm. Okay. So did it take y'all very long to think about that? No. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I asked you right now, what did you want to be when you were younger? What would you say, Shade? I wanted to be a computer scientist. What about you, Nina? I wanted to be a juvenile probation officer. Okay, so when you guys were that age, mm -hmm. did you know immediately that that's what you wanted to do for the rest of your life? No. Mm -mm. It took some time, right? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. What I teach the kids in the workshop, I asked them, I said, so tell me something. I'll ask them a series of questions about public figures, you know, people, usually people that's in the entertainment industry or the most popular people in town or friends that they know. Mm -hmm. And they tell me somebody else's business you know right off the top of their head like it didn't take y'all long to like tell me anything about kanye or kim like y'all knew it like boom boom mm -hmm. and I, i'm gonna need y'all to know how to explain and introduce yourself just as quickly you mm -hmm. know i teach them the one question that people are going to ask you in your life and all the time is tell me something about yourself Mm -hmm. so they walk away from that first workshop, the Getting to Know Me workshop, with the ability to be able to pitch their own elevator speech about themselves um, and answer five questions. So I tell them, you know, tell me five things about yourself, and uh, you got five seconds. And right. if, if they lose, they, mm -mm, I'll come back around. Nope. And then we, and it becomes a competition. So we do 50 facts. Mm -hmm. I put two minutes on the stop clock, and they have literally, um, Two minutes to write down 50 things about themselves. Wow. Being from how many siblings, what make them mad, what make them sad, what make them happy, all of that. And they've got literally two minutes. And it's always one person write down at least 50 facts about themselves within those two minutes. And they usually win like a $50 gift card. Oh, nice. Journey got the coolest gifts and incentives at our workshop. Okay. So that way we're not giving away something. Mm -hmm. Um, so they are to take those 50 facts 
So within that time frame, it allows them to think about themselves. Like, what do I like? What is my favorite food? And so they're learning themselves. And a lot of people can't even get past 10 facts about themselves. And so it challenges them. And so I have them write a letter to their imaginary mentor, mm-hmm. whether it's a basketball player, engineer, that lawyer, that hairstylist, you know, that entrepreneur. And I have eight weeks to go out and find that entrepreneur, find mm-hmm. that doctor, find that dentist, find that real estate agent. So when I tell them, write a letter to your imaginary mentor they and, and use those 50 facts that you just came up with to introduce yourselves. So they take those 50 facts, um, they write that letter, they seal it up, lick it, close it. I can't get to it. I can't see it. And they write to my imaginary mentor from Paul Peter. Okay. And I have to take those letters and deliver them. So if I was to come to Sade, for example, and say, Sade, I have a 14-year-old girl who wants to be a hairstylist when she gets mm-hmm. older. And I'm wondering if you would like to be a lifelong mentor to a young girl through our organization. You don't have to make an immediate dedication right now. But if you can be in her life and be consistent and check in with her at least once or twice, every two weeks or once or twice a month and just be that backbone person she can call to in case she wants to run away or you know things like that be of assistance to her guardian would you be willing to do that and if you say yes then i give you that letter and you know everything about this kid before you even meet them so you know everybody knows it's hard to get to understand a teenager right because you know you ask her like what Right, they have all kind of emotions. Just right. <laughs> so it's hard to break the ice while trying to get through to a teen, especially one that's been through a lot of trauma. They don't trust nobody. So if you already know all this stuff about them, you know what they don't like, so you already know what not to say. You know right. which family member they can't stand. You know right. what to be when they get older. You know their favorite kind of weather. So if they don't like the snow, then you know not to invite them somewhere where it's y'all gonna be hanging out in the cold. You know. Right. So. It just alleviates and allows the mentor to get to know them. And then um, we've had maybe once or twice where mentors were able to come to the graduation and meet some of the mentees that we were able to connect them with. So that was a beautiful thing. The vision for the Journey program is to have every youth in our program, in our workshop, from that first workshop, them letters. We want to fulfill every single letter and find every single mentor, have every single mentor present at that graduation at that eight-week uh, presentation where they explain who am who am I is the last workshop where they present everything they've learned through the workshop, um, who they want to be with confidence, mm-hmm. and then graduate. And I chose a graduation because I never graduated college. I never graduated high school. Um, I got my GD. Didn't get to walk across stage eighth grade because I got into a fight. Got sent to alternative school. So I've never walked across the stage until I got my GD and I graduated with my GD valedictorian when my daughter walked across the stage with me. And that meant a lot to me. But I said, all young kids should be able to have that feeling, even yeah. you know, in middle school, because it makes you hungry to want that feeling again. So to be able to be a part of that graduating class, all of that stuff is important. It, it really is. How many staff members do you have besides said the five but i'm saying do they pick like like how you're describing what you do what's each person's job description i heard you say um what each person does but i'm saying with the kids what because it seems like your assignment is pretty full okay (laughs) 
So um, the way that our workshops go, so for example, um, the getting to know me workshop is usually just myself, staff, and the students. Okay. Um, my biggest workshop was at the Boys and Girls Club, and that had to be about 30 students. And that was because we had a dance program going on that everybody, we had some, we were getting ready for a back to school rally. Okay. And so a lot of those kids weren't per se in the program, but they were in the program because we had an event coming up and they just so happened to just stay like they would just come in and they, okay. and, but we usually range between 10 and 15 students per workshop. No, okay. okay. Um, and each one of our workshops besides the first one and the last one is mm -hmm. always a guest speaker. So for example, our uh, relationships Relations and Relationships Workshop, where we talk about uh, sex education and identifying healthy and unhealthy relationships and what to do. Um, it's usually me as a speaker, and then it's our guest uh, sponsor. So, for example, Planned Parenthood partners with us for the Relations and Relationships Workshop. So, wow. I my experience growing up um, as a teen parent and um, just any of my personal experiences that I have to the topic, but then I also have someone who is educated, who's working in a particular field that can give community resources um, and allow you to be able to build their network. So they give out materials on where to go get STD testing, um, just all type of pamphlets and resources. So I speak for maybe about half an hour, then we have a guest speaker there to answer any um back questions that the students might have. Same with money management. Um, I speak from a personal perspective, but we also always have somebody that's in finance that will come in and answer those questions as far as opening up a bank account, checking account, um, debt, credit, all that different type of stuff. Um, and we do monopoly for our money. We, we do monopoly and we make fake checks. Um, we work bank and affinity plus bank for that workshop in the past and then okay. the we work with winona state university and rctc for that one so we, they have representatives that will come out to that workshop and talk about why education is important and whenever we've done that at, at uh, middle school y'all gotta excuse my neighbor got a dog and <laughs> okay i got yeah. a closet and up in here to start doing lives and stuff because i Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I be wanting to tell sometimes, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we partner with other businesses and organizations throughout the community who come in. So I don't do all the work. I can't take all the credit because we do partner with other organizations within the community. Like our Law and Legal Rights Workshop, uh, Rochester Police Department is a huge sponsor for our organization. They send an officer out to be able to answer certain questions about curfew, about your rights as a citizen, um, how to um, communicate with the police if you ever encounter the authorities. Um, and they do demonstrations with us, you know, they they talk, they answer questions, they give out resources, and um, it's a way for them to build a relationship with our, our local police department as well, just in case the police were to ever see or have an encounter with any of the youth in our program while on duty out in the streets. Um, and it's really good for the youth in our program to have that business card. Like, I, I really stress how important it is to have that business card, like, to be able to say you know somebody by name. So, 
the kids in our program was to ever get pulled over by a police officer or had a police encounter and they think that, okay, that wasn't fair. I remember officer so-and-so from workshop, I'm going to call them and tell them what was going on, you know, and they're able, every student that's in our workshop is able to build a network. The network I have, they have. Oh, okay. oh. you really like the program structure. I, I like the way it's structured. Yeah. How did you get um, funding and what made you pick uh, nonprofit versus profit? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've received funding one time in the 10 years that I have been running my organization in Rochester. Oh, wow. The first funding was when George Floyd was murdered in 2020. Yeah. So you was already in business about eight years? Mm hmm Wow. Yeah, so I do. Your program seems so flourished and right, so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm so like impressed, especially with her age. Yeah, I'm shocked that nobody came in and gave you any kind of funding. Like, I mean, it's a process to um, get grant and fundings and it's not easy you know um especially in rochester like you have to overly prove yourself especially you know being new here but i even after being here for multiple years um the beginning phase of my workshop as i was building and putting things together this structure has always been there um, the biggest part was trying to get sponsors and things like that to be a part of the workshops to volunteer their time and then once we locked them in we've had the same sponsors for several years you know we we called them up and they're like just let us know when workshops start we there you know give us the day um because we that we tuned in with them like that over the years so we don't you know pay for that um does wait a minute does the okay is it just uh, city-wise, regional, where you can get the funding, or can you go to like the city, St. Paul, Minneapolis, to get funding for nonprofits? You know what I mean? Is it you, just restricted to our? Here's how we started. So, like you said, we were going for eight years before we got our first grant, and so how I made money because I'm from Chicago, so you know I see people hustling all over the place. It's all different types of ways to make money, right? Right. So. I'm into music, so prior to coming to Rochester, I had my own television show on Channel 19. It came on on Saturday, so I've always been into the music industry. Um, so I did interviews. Um, I had my own television show called JT Underground Music Television. So I interview artists, local up-and-coming artists, um, and they would pay me to air their new released music video on air, and they pay a little extra for me to interview them mm -hmm. on air as well. Um, so that's kind of how I made money back in okay. And so I started doing parties when I was here for the kids because um, I realized that there was nothing for kids of color to do in Rochester besides go bowling. And I'm like, there's no skating ring. There's no, there's no Route 66. Ain't nobody juking nowhere. You know, like right. there's nothing kids to do besides go to the movies and I at the time I saw I start seeing a lot of our black kids going to Apache Mall just to meet up with their friends and then the security guards are like shooing them get out you know like they in and it became an issue and then kids start fighting me up there and I'm like they need something to do so I start throwing parties so annually now we have boo bash we okay. 
system and we have local fathers within the area that will volunteer their time even my own dad he's you could catch my dad at almost any one of my functions him his friends or my uncles and their friends they're all got their security t-shirts on and they're helping out and they're volunteering so we throw parties for the kids we threw uh, one of the biggest ones we threw was uh summer jam we threw that at the Mayo civic center when they first mm -hmm. opened in sansa she performed d'angelo got his first comedy gig on stage and he's been flourishing ever since mm -hmm. Kia Scott, we ended up giving her her first um, um, hostess position. She's been flourishing um, and 507 photography. Um, so I would bring on up and coming videographers, cameramen, different things like that to work with our organization to give their work um, some exposure as well as the artists that was performing, I'd offer them like free headshots, free video work or they performance to help them for their next, get their next gig. Because mm. um, I come from the entertainment industry and I know a lot of people in entertainment. So I know how to help them to um, elevate their career and what they need as far as their photos and um, their portfolios and things like that. So in, in, instead of paying them, I would um, hire a camera guy who needed the experience. Mm -hmm. and nice one hand wash the other. And we would make, we wouldn't charge the kids a lot, probably five or $10 to get in. And they enjoyed themselves because it created a safe space for them to um, gather with friends. Mm -hmm. And that's how we raised money. We would throw events. So we started with Boo Bash. Then we had, um, we had Boo Bash, V-Day Bash, Summer Jam. Um, what are you thankful for? We take donations for during Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, we always on our social media platform, um, acknowledge, um, I was about to say Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. <laughs> I know y'all doing stuff for Kwanzaa. We always acknowledge Kwanzaa. Um, and our biggest fundraiser event is Juneteenth Jubilee. So mm -hmm. I Juneteenth Jubilee in 2020 following a pandemic and that's our biggest one yet. Um, when we crowned Mr. and Ms. Juneteenth, I started the pageant, Mr. and Ms. Juneteenth scholarship uh, pageant. And we crowned the second, for the second, cause 2021 was the first time we crowned. We did in 2020, we I founded the Juneteenth Jubilee. Um, and then in 2021, we crowned our first Mr. and Ms. Juneteenth. Um, and our first Miss Juneteenth actually rode in the Rochester Fest Parade, the first car. Wow. He led and ended, and she waved the first little black girl. <laughs> first little girl in the Rochester Parade, I cried. Yeah. Out. Okay, I know you did, because I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, Miss Juneteenth. We're we getting there. <laughs> the first Miss Juneteenth. Um, mm -hmm. In the Rochester Fest Parade, she led it in a Corvette. So, wow. And so that was, she was crowned in 2021. And then 2022, we crowned Miss, this past June, we just crowned Mr. and Miss Juneteenth 2022. Um, and I just spoke with Jeb this morning. He's doing really, really good. Oh, They're cool. college doing, doing that thing, doing good. They got a $1,000 scholarship oh. for college. And so, and that's all came out of my bank account. 
Uh, you hustle, honey, baby. I saw you. You was hustling at uh for Juneteenth when I was helping you. you was like, I need somebody to do this. I said, girl, what you need? What you need? I'll go because you is going crazy. I don't know what it was I needed from the store. Shout out to that girl, what you need? I'm gonna go get it. And you back already? She like <laughs> I went from north to south, back back. Yeah. Hey, you needed it, girl. I know how it is. What's the downside? What's the downside to what you do as far as like when a staff member might not agree with what you're doing or vice versa? Um, so I stretch the importance of journey is a vision that God put on my heart for me to do. That's my mission. You mm -hmm. know, um, that's my assignment. My assignment was to create. My assignment is not to govern over. You know what I'm saying? I'm a leader. Mm -hmm. I lead. You know, I don't give orders. You know, mm -hmm. I build a foundation for other people to be able to expand what they're doing because I know how hard it was for me to get other people to open doors mm -hmm. for me in this business. So I want to take my platform and be able to, I, I handpicked all of my volunteers and the people that work with me on purpose mm -hmm. off of what they're doing um, and where their heart is. Mm -hmm. you know? okay. So um, a lot of them, I encourage their input. I value their opinion. And I want Journey to be a platform for them to be able to build their aspirations on top of as well. Yes. So what, you? Other, oh, <laughs> what no. other barriers is it to get funding from um, for grants or either even go to a bank and say, okay, I need this type of loan? What, what are the barriers they're saying that you're not meeting to get to that point? Or is it just shut down at the beginning you know what i mean like it's many times i had to fund myself to open my own business right before pandemic oh, i mean yeah. I had to, like we had grind. i had to fund myself to open my own we didn't have uh every time we went to the bank we got denied you know what i'm saying i'm sorry you echoing honey is something on i don't know why okay so yeah it, it is it's pretty hard to go to a bank you know and get funded for myself. So I had to get it bootleg every, you know, borrow, <laughs> ask friends, donate, all this type of stuff. So I know the feeling of that. Not until the pandemic, we was, if we were established right, you know, all our entities and, or, and our organizational setup was proper in our business, that we can get money from the government because they were giving it away anyway. They had to give it to us. It wasn't, they. it was forced to give to us. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, you know. Because um, it was like, Hmm. Give it away. You know, um, what I would say, is, um, I'm going to just say this first. There has been a lot of people like here and there and there, you know, um, that has donated financially, whether it's $50, $25, um, $250, you know, here in Nishana, I like what you're doing. Let me help you. And it's those small little donations that go along. Yeah way because when you got 15 you know kids twice a week for two hours you gotta feed them you pick them up dropping them off you got volunteers that's using their own cars to help drop kids off pick kids up you got a rental fees for the facility that you you gonna be doing you know workshop 
and you got to pay per hour the fee for those um our t-shirts whatever expenses if we're going somewhere and doing stuff with the kids all that stuff gotta get paid for so like i said over the years we've raised our own money we have um I know you've seen me in the past. You know, people think I'm this angry black woman. You know how they label us. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I've been off a few times, you know, recently too, you know, because I'm I'm little, they call me little Mark Max. You know, my birthday follow Martin Luther King birthday this year, you know. Right. But it's, it's in me, you know, and when it comes to injustice and People not being fair. If I'm not gonna take you being unfair to a kid, what make you think I'm gonna th- I'm gonna take you being unfair to me? You mm. know, and I'm a different person than I was ten years ago. I know how to handle you in a business room, in a most business, in a professional way. You know, right. it's like regardless of if you do it respectfully, if you do it professionally, you're not supposed to do it at all. Well, I'm going to do it anyway because I'll be looking for good trouble to get it to. You don't know. Right, me. good trouble. You know? <laughs> so I want to say this, you know, we applied grants for so many years and kept getting denied, kept getting denied, kept getting denied. And then I saw an, a particular organization get a grant, something that was like not even beneficial to the community and i was like okay it's official now we black you know i try not to use the black card because they be like you know everything's gotta be about race and blah, 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 blah. so i try my best not to make it about race and get my facts together and get everything before i say mm-hmm, that was racist mm-hmm. you treat me like this because i'm black you know so i had already got all the facts and all of that before i was able to say hey it's because i'm black and because i'm black woman that you keep denying me like i just spent four hundred dollars paying somebody to write this grant for me so i know it's not my verbiage right right oh so why you keep denying me for grants mm-hmm. and so meeting that i went into i addressed it i addressed it and addressed it and addressed it and addressed it and then we've got this new uh word BIPOC you know and I say it all the time if you are a part of the BIPOC community then you know everything is for BIPOC but black indigenous people of color but then they 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 axing out the B right y'all axing out the B y'all being slick mm-hmm. if you are anything if you are uh diverse from any diverse community that's not black they'll fund you because you ain't black they just need to diverse because of that word bad pop they ain't gotta help you no they and be- gotta be called racist because they gave it to a bad pop organization mm-hmm. but just not a black one mm-hmm. you know and if you are not associated with particular people a click who have yeah it's very clicky in rochester very clicky um but what i will say is this i have a lot of friends in the business world that's rooting for my organization mm-hmm. and they see it yes and let's just say it's 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 being addressed we're not gonna stop fighting the one thing that we're gonna continue to do is a lot of people say oh you're not supposed to speak about that have grace be professional is that what I'm supposed to teach the kids in my program? Because if that is, then that's not it. That's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. The truth, we're teaching them reality. Reality, yeah. 
you know, and we're also teaching them how to be professional, how to be respectful, how to address your concerns. But we're not going to teach them how to be no punk and get walked on like a doormat. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I come from Chicago where I was taught growth and development. Between growth and development and God being the center of everything that I do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm always standing on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I just love your program. <laughs> and you got to tell the viewers, you want to, uh, the, you went to the 50th Jefferson anniversary, 50th year Je Jefferson award. You got a Jefferson award. That's a big thing, girl. I did. All the way in Little Rochester, you went to New York and got that award when they quit playing. You know. I, I was just going to say, what is the Jefferson award? Because I'm saying it to a girl. I didn't know what it was until she was up in there standing up there in the uh, 500,000 people. <laughs> you know what, Shade? I didn't know what it was either. Like, so I got to Indianapolis because the guy, and I'll try to tell y'all the story quick. Um, I was nominated by um, one of my staff for the mm -hmm. And, um, the KTTC, like the news people came, they they interviewed us and everything. Congratulations. I'm like, thank you. I'm going to get back to work. I need to make some more money. We got stuff to do, right? So I wasn't right. And so it was around Juneteenth, last Juneteenth, last year. Now, y'all know it was big. We had Casper out here. Casper mm -hmm. down, did the cha-cha slab with everybody. <laughs> yes. Like I had a big celebration that I was planning. And so um, I got an email saying, Oh, um, you need to book your flight in your free hotel. You got a trip to Indianapolis and, and all expenses paid. Delete. Ain't nobody paying for me. You know, this is a scam. I deleted, <laughs> I deleted it. And so, and, and then the guy name is Brady. His name was Brady. I'm like, Brady? I don't know, no, Brady, you know. So I deleted it and I get another. I'm like, this Brady person just keep on sitting up in a block them, right? And so I was looking for a particular email and then I saw it and I opened it and I read it and then I was about to delete it. But then at the bottom it said, well, he started the email this time off with as a recipient of the National Jefferson as the as a Jefferson Award candidate. I was like, oh, that's what this is. And then I read <laughs> contact him because I had missed the deadline. He's like, you finally reached back out to me. I thought, oh, wow. Oh wow! And we was it was two days. I would have had to fly out to Indianapolis two days after Juneteenth last year. Mm -hmm. So I flew out. Um, actually, no, 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 no. That was this year. That was this. Year. I flew out two days after and went to Indianapolis. And um, no, what that was last year. I went out and um, I had to do a speech. Now all I knew was I was tired. I went through a lot. Putting together this past Juneteenth Jubilee, it was very stressful. One of my most challenging years, um, one of my most challenging fundraisers. Let's just say the devil was busy. He was coming for me, but we did that thing, and it was nice. God was in every aspect and every corner. He was showing up. And so we had a good time. But nonetheless, I was tired. I was drained. And I booked my flight and everything. And I didn't even, I wasn't even fully aware of what was going on. I just knew I had got nominated for an award and they said that it was a free vacation. So I was going, right? Yeah. I had to just verify I wasn't, you know, about to get abducted and make sure everything was everything. Looked up the company. I'm like, everything good. Okay, I'm going. 
stalk me. It was nice. Got there and they told me, gave me a whole itinerary, said, you know, you're going to have to create a three-minute speech. Wow. I was so stressed out from the job. <laughs> From, from Juneteenth, I slept the whole day. Didn't open it. The lady gave me the uh, the I took that thing and put it down. I didn't even open the envelope. I didn't know what the itinerary said, y'all. I'm not playing. I went to that hotel room. I went to sleep, and uh -huh. then I got up and went down there. I didn't know what was going on. They was talking to me, and they said, "Are you coming to the breakfast to do your speech tomorrow?" I said, "Oh, a speech." They're like, yes, in your itinerary packet. And then I looked. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I looked in there. And, yep, I got a speech. Okay. Talk about my program. Oh, that's easy. I got to go on. I don't know what that's about. Right. And so I didn't know. I didn't prepare anything. I started acting like a tourist because I had never been to Indianapolis. So I was just wandering the streets. And I found a little bar and met a bunch of different, you know, What's the word for? Um, different people. It's some <laughs> different characters in Indianapolis, and it was so cool. Mm -hmm. My life. I stayed out till like two o'clock in the morning. Oh Lord! You had to have a speech that morning. To have a speech that morning. So I woke up late, and I got down there. And um, soon as I walked in, I heard my name being called, and oh. I walked to the stage. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. I got over there it was a group of kids that went up before me and they spoke so fluently right and then it was a more people and they i said dang they really prepared these speeches That's it. Right. Oh. <laughs> and so as they up there uh you could probably see me on camera it's probably a few videos me asking them, the girl next to me i say you got a piece of paper <laughs> So I'm trying to write some stuff down, wrote some, trying to sound all intelligent. You know, this is no um, flex about being unprepared. You know, if there's any youth watching this, it's good to be prepared. And then I'm sharing my story with you guys so you know why to be prepared. Don't be like me. So I <laughs> and I got my paper and I goes up there. I'm thinking that it was introduction because that's what it said. Introductions. And so I went up there and um, I looked at my paper and I looked at everybody and I looked down at my paper again and I said, well, I can't see this. And I just spoke from my heart. That's the best I, way. Myself. That's the best speech. And all I remember was when I got through, everybody stood up and was clapping. And I was like, I need to come get me some more salute because it sounds like these people are really clapping hard, right? <laughs> Walking to try to find me a seat because I ain't like never getting no seat before going up there. And so long story short, um the next day, oh, I went upstairs, I opened that 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 packet and I had to read. I had to I said, what is this? And where am I at? And what is these people that are going on? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, look at this, this is what this is. And I didn't have a clue. I'm literally here at the you know, that mm -hmm. woman Kennedy, President Kennedy's wife, mm -hmm. this organization, and and then I was engulfed that whole evening. And then it was a dinner that night, and I went to the dinner, and they said, "Thanks everybody for coming, but we got a surprise for y'all." And then uh, earlier today, when you guys did your speeches, mm -hmm. competing to go to the New York City's 
National Jefferson Award. Now, y'all, the food was so good. I was listening, but I wasn't listening. You know, I was eating. Right. And so I'm eating my food and I'm looking like ain't nobody can give me no award. You know, I'm just looking. To, I'm just happy to be here. I'm away from my kids. I'm away from Rochester. I done went through all the stressful stuff. My name got called. And when they called my name, y'all, I was too done. I know you was happy. Oh, wow. I didn't even know what to be happy about. I just was happy. <laughs> the New York City sound like another free trip. Right. And then... um. Mm-hmm. When I got in, in between that, I, I found out what multiplying good was. And multiplying good um, started off with the uh, Jefferson Awards. And the Jefferson Award was started 50 years ago, founded by Samuel Bird, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. Hmm. Um, and it was to celebrate what they call unsung heroes. Mm. And these people who are doing things that are giving back to the community but are not receiving the recognition that they deserve so they literally go out and find people who are making a difference people who um are just impactful within their communities and have come up with these different ideas um that's making humanity a better place so jacqueline kennedy this was her vision Mm. she um, was growing up because she she had a really great upbringing, you know, but she also had some challenges. <clears throat> and she believed in, you know, the community being a better place. And she believed that it was going to take all of us, you know, to do good within the community. Um, if I do good, that'll help you and it will multiply. And that's mm-hmm. what she wanted to find those people who have missions that the mission, whatever you're doing, it can multiply and it could help another person and that person could help another person. Mm-hmm. And so um, throughout my hardships and every door that closed on me in Rochester and every grant that didn't get approved, now I'm locked in. That's okay. right. Yes. So, yes. Uh, it's like you got to trust God. You got to have faith in what you're doing to come from the heart you know it takes time huh it's a lot of people um who are in this nonprofit business for the money or they think oh i want to do something some people ain't everybody if you got a mission more likely it's somebody out here that's already doing what you're doing mm-hmm. you want something that nobody else is doing then you create something but if it's something somebody else doing go help them do what they doing that they already started because more yeah. likely use your help you know right. You wonder why you having such a hard time. You is somebody else who didn't already pass those barriers that you got to go through now. You know that you could band together because I just recruited a young lady today to be a part of the journey program. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll be on our uh, platform next week, and she we both went through foster care together. Oh sharing her story that a lot of young people can relate to and per- pertaining to um, identify unhealthy relationships and wow. through molestation. You know, she went through a lot. And so she's mm-hmm. going to be her story. And she's uh, 2023, the word is called expansion. That's our, our, our word for next year, expansion. 2023 is about expansion. And so we're looking to expand. It's time to go home, 2023. Mm-hmm down to help the youth back in Chicago in 2023. So mm-hmm. what we're 
here. When they won't open, they don't recognize you locally, then God made it to where they, they recognize us nationally. Right. You know? So we might not have got a grant, but we got a gold medal. And it's got Jacqueline Kennedy on that signature on the back and Sam Bird. So we plugged in. We got the bird on our chest, literally. Yes. Well, right. it's like, you got to keep going. And I don't have no hatred in my heart, no ill will towards anybody who's making grant process decisions because that's the problem with the system. Y'all going about policies and procedure. Everything is policy, this, 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 this. Or I'm, systematic. Systematic. I'm okay with order. I'm okay with order. I have no problem with order. But the problem is that all these people who have these degrees and educational experience, but they don't have no personal life experience, but they actually trying to lead other people who have particular problems and issues that they cannot relate to. Mm -hmm. You cannot help somebody that you cannot relate to. All of your experience come from a textbook. Right. Yep. That ain't no word. No, that's the J stuff though. (laughs) And it's going to take some time. So we never been, we, our organization has never been based off. We're expanding, um, happily to Minneapolis um, soon we'll be providing our workshop to some of the youth in foster care in Hennepin County okay. nice. uh, which I'm excited about uh, we have a workshop coming up where we're going to be talking about uh, biracial identity and the stigma and um, giving our biracial brothers and sisters and youth here in Rochester an opportunity to themselves and um, come together in a healing circle to discuss what those hardships are and the lack of inclusion mm-hmm. when it comes to them in the black community as well as the white community. Mm-hmm. And they are seeking to find a space for them. So we're gonna help them create that voice through. And that's an initi- initiative that's being led through one of um, the employees, volunteers through our organization, who's a part of that biracial community. Mm-hmm. That's if that she's gonna be leading that we're just supporting um so yeah we got a lot of stuff coming in the works uh, we're doing a toy drive for a kid we did a live with king fights cancer foundation yesterday on our ig um and king he is a 10 year old um cancer treatment patient who went through treatment and he donates uh, kits and toys to other kids um, and people who have cancer in the hospitals in New York City and Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes donations. He's worked with people like Busta Rhymes and DJ Khaled. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And so he was on our on our platform yesterday. And um, one of the people he was recently in contact with who passed away, his name is Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Christmas, Journey is going to be collecting donations. Um, it's like notepads. It's a list of things that we're collecting and we're going to ship it to New York City to help King fulfill this mission he has because he's honoring Chris. So he's doing some special kids for Christmas this year in honor of Chris who passed away. And the man filled with some of Chris's favorite things like toy cars, Hot Wheels. No, How old was Chris? Uh, Chris was 31 years old. Okay. Yeah, Chris was 31 and um, King was able to communicate with Chris about some of these things prior to Chris passing away. Mm. Um, On behalf of his foundation, Journey wants to um, do not a fundraiser, but like a toy drive where people can drop off and donate some stuff to 125 Live. So we'll have a list of stuff that will go out later this week where people 
go out and purchase Hot Wheels or a face mask or notepads and pens and drop it off for us, and we'll send some of that help him. Okay. And how can people, our viewers, help your organization? So right now, um, we do have a GoFundMe for our workshop that starts in January. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a GoFundMe. We're trying to reach, I think the goal is $5,000 to help pay for our team and our materials and things like that mm-hmm. for our workshop. So you guys can share, donate, um, just spread the word about our organization, about mm-hmm. our program. And can you say all of your um, social media handles for people to contact you? Sure. So um, we can be reached on Instagram at I am journey. So I am J-O-U-R-N-I-E our Instagram and our Facebook. You can find us under journey, just J-O-U-R-N-I-E. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we appreciate you giving us a lot of gems today, telling us your story. We're gonna have to have you back. I know because we have more guests with Anita. She's an author too, so okay. Yeah, see, there's a lot of author as well. So yeah, that's a whole nother story. Um, my book on Amazon. If you type in or Google my name, Nashana Johnson Lenore, the name of my book is called Eight Steps to Promotion. Okay. Eight Steps. To, I wrote that book while I was in a uh, Zumo Valley Mental Health when I thought I was about to die. So those were words. Um, true authentic self. Um, yes. Well, that'll be another talk for mental health uh, program yeah. or talk show. Yeah. Right. Oh, thank you, Thank you guys for having me on. Yes. Thank, thank you, you for you coming. Platform. Yes. Black Queens doing hey. y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. We appreciate thank you. you too. Good night, guys. Thanks yeah. for tuning in.